Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. It's one thing to accept Jesus in your life, and it's another thing to walk in power. That's what we call this, this, there's more to the story because the story doesn't stop at the resurrection. The story continues and will continue until Jesus Christ comes back for his people. It requires power. And, 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 and to be honest, it, it, it's, what I love about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is not, is not a part two or it's like, you know, whenever someone makes a movie and they do a part two, sometimes the part two isn't that great. You know, and like sometimes Disney wants to do a remake and the Disney remakes are not the same. They don't hit the same. They're not made the same. Sometimes you'll watch, I don't know if you ever remember the movie Jaws. Anybody remember the movie Jaws? The movie Jaws at the time was one of the highest grossing movies. It was, it was, I mean, it was a phenomenon in that time. If you grew up in that time, you understand. Uh, before Universal took out the, the ride, that was probably one of the scariest rides as a kid was the, 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 the Jaws ride. But when they made part two of Jaws, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And to be honest, it, it, it probably affected what they did. And, and sometimes it's like, man, people want to do another part and another part. And it's not the same. But, what, but rest assured of this, that the Holy Spirit is even better. It grows. It changes. It transforms. And so I, I wanted to, to do a teaching on this. And I wanted to spend the next couple of weeks talking about this. Because I want us to understand that as we are walking with Christ, there is a power that walks with us. There's something that changes when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, I'm not going to read it for you. I'm chapter 1 verse 2, I'm sorry. The Bible says that the Spirit hovered over the waters. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has been there from the very beginning. And Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says that God breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils. There's a Hebrew word in the, that talks about the Spirit of God because the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit of God came like a rushing or a mighty wind. And the Spirit of God also came in the Old Testament. And it's this word called ruach. And this word called ruach means breath or means wind. And that same word applies throughout the whole Bible. The Spirit of God breathes life into man and man begins to work. It's like man was, for, man was formed but had no life. But it wasn't until God breathes on man that life begins. And the Bible in the Old Testament, you can see throughout the Old Testament when the Spirit of God would come upon a person, when the Spirit of God would come, upon, would come upon Samson, when the Spirit of God would come upon David, when the Spirit of God would come upon King Saul, something was activated, something changed when the Spirit of God came upon them. But here's the thing. When we come into the New Testament and when Jesus comes and we, we're under a new covenant, it, the Spirit of God is not just on us, the Spirit of God is in us and working through us. The Spirit of God is not just there for special occasions. The Spirit of God is not just there when, man, when, when, they, when a special occasion comes like Samson and they need, the Spirit of God comes and they need him to go and fight. No, no, no. The Spirit of God, when you gave your life to Jesus, you received the Spirit of God. And you are empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's so much more to the story. I'm telling you, there's more to it. And if you're in this room and you've never experienced what it looks like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
I'm here to tell you, you're in for the greatest journey of your life. You're in for the greatest journey of your life. I was telling the people on, on our Tuesday night prayers, because when, if you've never been to a Tuesday night prayer, it, we, we really go after it. You know, we're, we're, we're praying in the spirit, we're speaking in tongues, we're, we're praying for different things, but we really go after it because we understand that without the spirit, there is no transformation. I was telling our prayer, our, the prayer people, I said, look, when after I'm, my prayer is that not only would you enjoy this series, but once you encounter the Holy Spirit, you won't look at Pastor Sam as someone that's weird. You're going to see like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it now. I get why he does what he does. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit today as we open up the appetizer of this series or the intro. I want you to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and go to verse 4. Acts 1 verse 4. This is Jesus before he, he's resurrected and he's about to go back into heaven. But he says this. He says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling him, hey, before anything else, you got to wait because I'm about to send the comforter. I'm about to send the, the advocate. I'm about to send my spirit. You're going to get some help. You're going to get something that you didn't have before. Jesus had already mentioned the Holy Spirit in the Gospels. Jesus already told them about it. But now Jesus is saying, when I go up, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving with something more. Amen. I'm not leaving you abandoned. In fact, I am the Holy Spirit. I is present. He is present. So if there's something you got to understand about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is present to us. The Holy Spirit is power for us. And the Holy Spirit is the difference in us. He's power. He's present to us. He's power for us. And he's the difference in us. Deion Sanders, if you follow sports at all, uh, Deion Sanders is a famous ex-cowboy and, and one of the probably, if not the best, cornerback in NFL history. I call him primetime. If you grew up, you understand. And Deion Sanders is, right now, he became the head coach of the Colorado football team, the University of Colorado. And Deion Sanders, if you don't follow sports, Deion Sanders is very, very electric. He's very electric. If you were to walk in this room, you would know that Deion Sanders is in the room because he would be talking. I'd be preaching. He'd be talking back at me. I'd be saying something. He'd probably tell me to go run a lap. You know, whatever, you know, you're too fat. I don't know, whatever. He'd probably talk back because Deion Sanders has this thing about him. But Deion Sanders has like this, this, this quote that I love. He always says, because he's trying to get football players, he's trying to get the best of the best to come to the University of Colorado. He turned around a program in Mississippi called Jackson State. And then he's now in college. He's trying to turn around the program. And he always says this. He says, he, he always says, I ain't hard to find. Come find me. I ain't hard to find. He's trying to tell him, hey, I, I'm here. I'm not hiding from you. I'm not trying to duck. In fact, I, I want you to come find me. I want you to see what we're all about. And the Holy Spirit is the same way. He is not hiding 
He is not somewhere far off. He's not, he is not a myth or a legend. The Holy Spirit is present to us today. He's present us today. He is present to us today. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the, the people, when they were waiting for God, it was the disciples and other people, and there was 120 people all together, and says that the Bible says that they were praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. They were praying and they were waiting. In other words, they were hungry for the presence of God to come. If me and you are going to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, we have to have a hunger for him. There's a difference when I want something and there's a difference when I'm hungry for something. I want something and it's like, if I, I want it, you know, I'll get it when the time is right. But when I'm hungry for something, I'll do whatever just to get it. When I'm hungry physically, I'll go to this restaurant or whatever restaurant I want just to get it because I'm hungry for it. There's a hunger for it. There's a, there, in order for us to obtain anything, we have to have a hunger for it. If you don't have a hunger for it, not just food, but in anything in your life, then you're never going to experience the thing that you want. There's a hunger for it. And if me and you are going to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, there has to be a hunger on the inside that says, God, I don't want an average life. I want a supernatural life. It's God, I don't want to settle for just one thing about you. I want all of you. I want everything that you have to give me. See, many of us in this room, when we gave our life to Jesus, it is because we were aware of our need for him. We came to the realization that, man, I need Jesus. I've been living my life this certain way for so long. And I have come to the realization that although my life has been okay at this point, I need Christ. When I gave my life to Jesus seriously, it was because of situations in my life that brought me to that place. And said, God, I don't want to run from you anymore. I give you my life. It was my faith being activated and saying, God, I, I, I want you. I want all of you. When you gave your life to Jesus, it was the same way. There was an awareness of your need. Something was going on. And when you heard the word of God, you said, God, I, I, need, I need to get right with you. It wasn't because someone scared you about hell, even though hell is real. It was because you realized, I want heaven for my life. I want eternity for me. There was something in you that drew you to it. But here's the thing. Many people will give their life to Jesus and they stop there, but there's more to the story. That is just, it's, it's just the start. Giving your life to Jesus is just the start. But there's more. It's just the start, but there's more for you. There's more for your life. But I can't experience more until I'm hungry for more. The Bible says that they were, the, you know, you have to understand something. The disciples, they could have sat in the upper room and they could have just waited and I don't, you know, maybe didn't have watches back then on their iPhone. They could have just played Xbox all night and killed time until G, the Holy Spirit came or fell upon them. They could have, no, no. The Bible says that they were active in waiting. 
The Bible says that they were united. The Bible says that they were praying. They were in one accord, waiting on the Lord. And for some of us, if we are going to experience the Holy Spirit, there has to be an activeness in our life where I'm constantly seeking the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you that every time, every single day, every time you come to this place, that you would say, God, fill me with your spirit. God, I I want it. Lord, I'm, I'm open to receive. I want everything. I want everything that's happening in the Bible. I want to experience everything that God has for me. Let that be your prayer. Be continuously seeking because when you are hungry, you do something about the hunger. You don't just stay hungry. You do something about it. Whether you go make a sandwich when you're hungry, whether you go to Whataburger at, at two in the morning, whatever it is, you do something about it. And what I love about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is present to us. The Holy Spirit is available to every single one of us. The Holy Spirit, like Deion Sanders said, is not hard to find. It's not hard to find. The Holy Spirit wants to be found. The Holy Spirit is a person in the Trinity. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit as one. The Father that creates It was a son that redeems and is the Holy Spirit that empowers us. Amen. Empowers us. Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, it says, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is not just present to us, but it is power for us. There are things that you cannot do without the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter how hard you try. There are changes that need the Spirit of God to come and transform. Because when anything that you do in the flesh, you will have to sustain it in the flesh. Anything you try to do in your own power, you're going to have to continue to do in your power. But if you can rest on the presence of God, if you can rest on the finished work of the cross, if you can walk into the Holy Spirit, you will experience the differences that you've been wanting to see. I like to look at Peter. The Bible says, out of everybody, Peter was the loudmouth. The Bible describes him as this rough, he just will say what's on his mind. I don't know if you have a family member out that like that. When you go to, to, a, to a carne asada and you have that one aunt that has to say something all the time, what they're thinking. Like, I'm, you know, they're just like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. That one crazy aunt or grandparent, or maybe it's you, but I'm not going to say it to you. I'm just going to say it like it is. Peter was like that. Peter was like, hey, I'm going to say it like it is. And Peter's the one that had anger problems. Peter's the one that cussed. Peter's the one that cut someone's ear off when they wanted to arrest Jesus. It was that Peter. And we see that Peter. Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times and the rooster crowed. Peter's also the one that Jesus on the side of the lake restored him back to his life, restored his life again. And it's Peter that is the one that after the Holy Spirit falls on people is the first one out of everybody else that speaks and he preaches the first sermon outside of Jesus. It's that, Peter. 
But we can see from the Gospels of Peter, like the Gospel Peter, to the Acts Peter, and you see the transformation that happens when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon his people. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 1 through 14. And we'll stop at 14. It says this. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter, here goes Peter, stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. I'm going to keep going. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning and it's much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. The blood and fire and clouds of smoke, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn red blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Amen. You see the difference in Peter. This time, instead of Peter standing up and saying something crazy because that was Peter, he steps up and he begins to preach the word of God with a boldness that he didn't have before. It's funny, the disciples, here's the thing, the disciples walked with Jesus for three years. They saw the miracles. They saw Jesus getting dead people come back to life. They saw the blind see and the lame walk. They saw Jesus pray. They, they, They themselves were used by God. But then you would think after three years that they would have everything that they need to continue forward what Jesus had already started. But no, that was never the case. See, because here's the thing. If you want to live a spirit-empowered life, church, 
It's not just going to be because of the principles of God. You need power. It's not just principles that is going to give you the, the strength that you need. You need power. You need something more. It's not, here's the thing. You don't just need hope for your life. You need help. You need help. It was never God's expectation for his people to live just on principles. He needed them to have power. To carry something more for their life. See, me and you, when the Bible says love your enemies, to be honest, we don't want to. And we don't have the ability to love our enemies. But when the Spirit of God is in your life, he gives you the power to forgive. He gives you the power to let go. He gives you the power to restore what was broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. You couldn't do it on your own. There are things in your life that you cannot do unless the power of God enables you to. There are things in your life. That's why when we pray and we ask God to break things in our life, it's because we're relying on the Spirit of God to break that. You can't love your neighbor without the Spirit of God working in your life. You can't. Because in your flesh, you don't want to. And in your flesh, you would rather just put it on the side or I'll deal with it later or I'll just go around these people. I I don't want to face this. And in your flesh, but when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you are able to speak into things that you could have not done in your flesh. Peter was able to stand in front of people, the Bible says, and preach. And you know what's crazy about Peter? Is that when he's preaching, 3,000 people get saved. It was the power of God in his life that started activating. He received the Holy Spirit, and instead of Peter being the Peter that we all know, He's a different person. See, because without the power of God, what, we ha- what happens is we have a form of godliness, but we have no power. We, we have good morals and we do good things, but we don't carry power. It's not wrong to study the word of God and trust in the word of God. It's not wrong, but it would work better. It would help you better if the Spirit of God was empowering you to do the impossible. If the Spirit of God was empowering you to do what you could not do in the natural. There are things that I cannot do without the Spirit of God. No matter how hard I tried. There are things that you're believing God for. And there are situations that you need to speak into. Situations where you need to stand up to. Situation, decisions you have to make that can only be done with the power of God in your life. Because if not, you will do things out of your own strength. And without you knowing, the spirit of God is not there. Samson. Samson doesn't know that he has no strength until he has to go fight a Philistine. That the presence of God is left. 
So if me and you are going to continue to walk, we have to learn to walk with the power that is inside of us. It was because of the power of God at work in Peter's life that when he stands up, he begins to preach the word of God like never before. His sermon wasn't fancy. His sermon wasn't like, oh, man, like, this, dude, that was deep, man. No, no, no. It was simple. But because the spirit of God was on it, changed people's lives forever. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's the power that you gain with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you power to love when you can't love. The Holy Spirit does that. That's the power of God at work. When we lay hands on the sick, it's our faith and it's the power of God at work coming together. Because if we don't walk with faith and power, we do things and it has nothing to do with God. But there's a difference in your life when the Spirit of God's at work. You're able to love different, church. You're able to love your family different. You're able to speak different. You're able to forgive easier. Your, your, your anger no longer is your leader. You're no longer led by your anger. You're led by the Spirit. You're no longer led by impulse. You're led by the Spirit. You're no longer led like everybody else that you know that when, when the Spirit of God's not work, you can tell when someone has a relation with God when someone doesn't because the way they respond to things. It's different. Remember, I told you, Peter in the Gospels, he was the angry one. Wanted to fight and cut people's ear off. He was violent. Peter in Acts, God never took away his boldness, but God gave him something more. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's not that God's going to take who you are and you're just going to be some, some like, oh, God, you know, you're not going to walk. In fact, you're going to walk the same, but you're going to walk with power. You're going to walk different. There's going to be a transformation that happens to your life. And the Holy Spirit is the difference in us. It's the power for us to do what we could not do. And the Holy Spirit is the difference in us. Like I said, Peter goes, the Bible says, and he preaches. I want you to go. I wanted you to see something. Go to verse, Acts 2 verse 36. It says, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you've crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this, cro this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. 3,000 people were added that day. From 120 people praying to 3,000 people in one day. Imagine the transformation that can happen for your life when the Holy Spirit is leading you. Imagine the change that could happen for your family, for your sons and your daughters, for your marriage. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you 
and to lead you. It had nothing to do, for when Peter did that, it had nothing to do with his gift. It had to do with the anointing of God upon his life. In the Old Testament, the anointing represented the power, the presence of God, the spirit of God. And so they would anoint kings and they would anoint people because that was the way that represented the presence of God. That was the way when they got anointed. The Holy Spirit falls on the 120 and Peter does what he does out of the anointing. See, church, here's the thing. Gifts make us impressive, but anointing makes us impactful. Gifts will make you an impressive person, but it's the anointing that makes you impactful. I need you to remember that. Don't rely on a gift. Rely on the anointing. On the power of God. On the God that gave you the gift in the first place. You know when someone has an impact in your life when you can still talk about them to this day. I've had teachers. I've had coaches. I've had different people in their life without them knowing their words impacted my life. I've also had people, coaches, leaders that were very gifted at what they did, but they had no lasting impact for my life. I admired them. I respected them. I was like astonished by them, but it didn't leave an impact. It wasn't that Peter had a gift of preaching. It was the anointing. It was the spirit of God that allowed him. Like I said, his sermon that I just read, there was no like oohs and ahs and it. You know what he was telling him? He said, you want what we got? Turn your life around. Repent. Give your life to Jesus. And then, the Bible says that these people were cut to the heart. That when they heard these words being preached, they realized, man, I need to turn my life around. I need, I need this. I've been living like this. And I need a transformation. For some of you, you need the Spirit of God to handle certain things in your life. And it can only happen by the Spirit of God. Like I said, the flesh does a lot of things that God never intended. If you work in the flesh, it's going to build walls. But if you work in the Spirit, it builds bridges. There's a difference. You can build walls all you want. And all you're ever going to experience is, man, I keep hitting a wall. Seems like I'm going a few steps forward, then I'm stopping. And then I'm trying to go the other way, and I'm going a few steps forward, and I'm stopping. And everywhere I go, I'm going a few steps forward, and it's stopping because everything's done in the flesh. But if you were to work in the spirits, oh, I got a bridge now to what God has for me next. I'm walking in it because it's the spirit of God builds bridges. Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you.